Shall we read a poem? I have a... Oh, and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ! I'm Lauren! It's the second holiday episode. <laughs> Yosha. Well, do you have another poem for us to I read? I do. The holidays? Go right on. So guess one who this one is by. Uh, not Shel Silverstein? It's not Shel Silverstein. Is it by Billy Collins? No. It's by E.E. No. E. Cummings. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> there is no, like... <laughs> In the same way that Wes Anderson movies are immediately identifiable just because of symmetry and color palette and costumes, I think everyone who ever studied E.E. E. Cummings went through like a one-month period where they, too, wrote unpunctuated poems in lowercase no, yeah. <laughs> spread all over the page just because yeah. that's that that's clearly the edgiest gothest thing to do in poetry all right this is called little tree <laughs> <laughs> why does that make me laugh little tree little silent christmas tree you are so little you are like a flower who found you in the green forest and were you very sorry to come away? See, I will comfort you because you smell so sweetly. I will kiss your cool bark and hug you safe and tight just as your mother would. Only don't be afraid. Look, the spangles that sleep all the year in a dark box, dreaming of being taken out and allowed to shine, the balls, the chains, Red and gold, the fluffy threads. Put up your little arms, and I'll give them all to you to hold. Every finger shall have its ring, and there won't be a single place dark or unhappy. Then, when you're quite dressed, you'll stand in the window for everyone to see, and how they'll stare. Oh, but you'll be very proud. And my little sister and I will take hands, and looking up at our beautiful tree, we'll dance and sing, Noel, Noel. How did I ever think that E.E. E. Cummings was good at this shit? <laughs> I don't know. I, lo- I kind of think this is great. This is it's written so, in a It's dark so board. creepy. It's so creepy. I love it. The, 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 these are me- these aren't mixed metaphors. These are two metaphors that you turned into cars and drove them headlong into each other. <laughs> I will so kiss your creepy. cool bark and hug you safe and tight, just as your mother would. No, she wouldn't. That's not how trees work. I know, but maybe it's not really about a tree. That doesn't make sense. At all. Who found you in the green forest and were you very sorry to come away? See, yes, because you're dying. You. I'm gonna, the tree gonna is dying, tree. Russ. The tree is dying. But not before he puts his dick in it. <laughs> okay, splintery. Fuck this, man. <laughs> you know what? I almost How ser- I mean, to- I guess I don't think that this poem, I, I have a hard time believing that, and maybe I'm wrong, that anyone, including E.E. E. Cummings, took this poem too seriously. Because to me, it seems too dark and sinister. Okay. It seems really dark and sinister because you're referring to the tree as 
it's kind of like a child that you have like cut off from its home and thrown into a house and made to look pretty just but it's going to die it's probably a metaphor for the christ child or something <laughs> yes yes I'm sure. it doesn't change it though that sucks i was try so i had a poem prepared but then i almost want to follow that up with a poem that i very much love but i don't have it in print i've only heard it performed live before what is it it is sir arthur greenleaf holmes which is the stage name of a Renaissance performer at like Renaissance fairs. Mm -hmm. And he has a show called The Wildly Inappropriate Poetry of Arthur Greenleaf Holmes. And the poem that I'm looking for is called Ode to an Extremely Provocative Knothole. I have it in print. You do? Oh, sweet. I'm, it's going to come up on uh, GChat. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, he put it on his webpage. So thanks to Lauren, this is Ode to an Extremely Provocative Knothole, as written by Sir Arthur Greenleaf Holmes. Thou hole, thou lurid, lusty hole, the spreading cherry bears her soul. She spills her lobed and liquid lips and bids the sap rise tween my hips. What fleshy knots arouse my sense to sweet bilabial recompense? Fair hole! Oft times I've walked alone in verdant forests overgrown to flee the soured memory of woman's love fast fled from me. Twas all for naught, for now I see the fairest holes do grow on trees. While woman's form but grows distressed and hangs in sad cascades of flesh. Those teats that gravity once cheated in time must flop to earth defeated. Yet thou, sweet hole, makest my mood lighter to think next year thou wilt be tighter. I would that I had wood enough to stuff inside thy mossy muff. I'd strip thy bark, I'd tap thee tree, I'd poke thy precious choke cherry. Or would I choke thy poke berry? It matters not, thy holes for me. <laughs> Get that, Trussy. <laughs> Get that, Trussy. Okay, I guess I'll close with a nice one here. Or Gross. a nice-ish one. <laughs> this is the one I was going to read. This is called Taking... <laughs> this is called Taking Down the Tree uh. by Jane Kenyon. Give me some light, cries Hamlet's uncle, midway through the murder of Gonzago. Light, light, cries scattering courtesans. Here, as in Denmark, it's dark at four, and even the moon shines with only half a heart. The ornaments go down into the box. The silver spaniel, my darling on its collar, from mother's childhood in Illinois. The balsa jumping jack my brother and I fought over, pulling limb from limb. Mother drew it together again with thread while I watched, feeling depraved at the age of ten. 
With something more than caution I handle them, and the lights with their tin star-shaped reflectors brought along from house to house, their pasteboard toy suitcases increasingly flimsy, tick-tick, the desiccated needles drop. By supper time, all that remains is the scent of balsam fir. If it's darkness we're having, let it be extravagant. What's a balsa jumping jack? I really got stuck on that. <laughs> yeah, I was picturing it as some kind of toy that might have been enjoyed by someone in a post-war era. I mean, it, balsa would imply delicacy. Okay, I looked it up and Wikipedia has an answer. Uh, is, it a, is it a fragile toy of some kind? It's kind of a puppet. It's like a... Oh. It's kind of a little oh. puppet that you have a string on one and the other, and you pull the string, and it causes like the legs or to kick or arms to move or something like that. Uh, yep, there it is. Wow, I remember when I was a kid, we did have one of these hanging off the tree. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Cool. Popular in many contemporary countries, including England, France, and Germany, but similar mechanical toys date back to ancient, ancient Egypt, because of course they do. Well, that was very nice. Do you have any uplifting thoughts for our listeners in this premature, dark, cold-ass holiday season? I'm about to go where it's not dark and cold, and so are you. Yeah, so am I. Get fucked, the sun. <laughs> what? We want the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. trying to tell me dark. it's not pursued by wolves across the sky yeah you can get fucked all you people who don't believe in ancient norse mythology we're going to the equator or closer to, to the it equator where they don't have santa all they have is sunlight <laughs> i'm going to the equator where somehow they not really the equator i'm going to the subtropics where somehow they still have santa even though you know, I think a sleigh would get stuck in a uh, bog. Well, no. I think a sleigh would get stuck in a swamp because they don't have bogs there. I am going to the middle of the goddamn rainforest. I am going to soak in volcano-heated water. Yeah, do it! It's gonna be the tits. I cannot wait. Wait.